welcome podcast world you get to see all these lovely faces on your screen now <laughs> Ooh, we're on a little early i don't know how normally are i don't know how lovely all of them are but you know each is to their own i feel pretty oh so pretty <laughs> As long as you feel pretty, that's that's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge you. Yeah, Nothing I don't at know. All. How, I don't know how the rest of that song goes, so I can't, I can't sing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not a big West Side Story fan, which you know kind of infuriates me that Spielberg's doing a remake because that's gonna make me go see it because uh, I go see every Spielberg movie. But yeah, I don't remember the words to that song either because I just don't like that. Well, I, I remember <laughs> I just it was don't really like the, the story of West Side Story. You know, it's, well, it's obviously it's, it's it's Romeo and Juliet and everything. But I just I, I've never bought into the idea, you know, of the singing, dancing street gang. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember it from West Side Story. I remember it from a Julia Roberts movie where she's trying to break up her best friend's wedding. I think my best, 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 my, my best, best friend's wedding. wedding. Yeah, yeah, that's I, what I, I think, remember I, it from. I think they make reference to it, but yeah, the, the, the song originates in West Side Story. Yeah. Oh. So oh. here's something I saw this morning, guys, and I think this is I think this is asinine. Ooh, like, this is something about West Side Story. This should be good. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> There's there were people last like like starting yesterday, guys, at like five o'clock in the in, in the evening. People started lining up to tailgate for the fucking clowns game today. So people slept overnight in their cars and shit to tailgate for the fucking clowns game today. That's a little excessive for All right, I agree. I agree. Sorry, I'm swearing at the fact that I see the Cowboys just kicked a 56-yard I, field goal to win. I figured they were going to win. Oh, yes. Yeah, cool. I screwed up today and put the wrong quarterback in, some oh. bitch. I put the right coder back in. I put Matt Stafford in. I knew Josh Allen was uh, not Josh Allen. Um, who's the Buffalo Bills quarterback? Josh Allen. Oh. Josh Allen. <laughs> Josh Allen. <laughs> he, he probably. Um, I, I'm assuming he played pretty good. They won 35 to nothing. Yeah, but he didn't. Ha- he didn't Allen didn't I don't have think a great he scored as many there. points as. Um, yeah, he had. A, he had Yeah. Two, so this, one touchdown, two interceptions, which sucks because I had Dave Carr on the bench and I should have started Dave Carr over Herbert. So, so this will tell you a little bit yeah. about our league and how weird it is. You mean Derek so, Carr, right? Yeah, Derek Carr. That's what I meant. So my, uh, my other cut. <laughs> I thought I said Derek Carr. Did I say David? David Carr. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't give a shit. The Carr brother. <laughs> the Carr quarterback. D Carr. There you go. So I had, so I had Matt Stafford and Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen got 19 points. He uh, threw for 179 and two touchdowns and one interception. Matt Stafford threw for 278 yards, two touchdowns and interception, but only had one extra point and threw for almost 100 yards more. How's that? (laughs) So so I'm going to lose this week because I had uh, Jarvis Landry got one fucking point. Fucking bum. Did he get hurt? <laughs> huh? Did he get hurt? Uh, I don't think so. I thought somebody for the Browns got hurt, one of their receivers, and they said he might have tore something. Was it not Jarvis Landry? Was the other was it the other guy? Uh let me see. I have to look. I have oh no yeah, it was Jarvis Landry. Yeah. 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 He might yeah. be done, Jeremy. They think they he tore his MCL or something. 
Yeah, it said he's going for an MRI. <laughs> but I definitely put in one of the wrong people because I have Pollard for Dallas, and he's got 25 points right now. Yeah, some weeks it's a crapshoot. I just, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, my quarterbacks score more points than my opposing team's quarterback, but he's just had more players. Like Lockett scored 32 points for him. McLaren scored 28 points for him. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so it is what it is. Well, I know one per- person that's not coming out of my team, and that's Cooper Cup because that dude is, fuck- <laughs> is fucking money for points. <laughs> That's Stafford's best friend right now. I thought, I thought he had a big day. He did. I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady's a point machine right now too. Yeah, he did. Well, he, got... he had five touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, Cooper Cup had 38 points, nine receptions, over 100 yards, and two TDs. So that's uh, that's very productive for a wide receiver. Hey, I gotta I gotta enjoy the two and zero Denver Broncos for the brief. I know. How about class. that shit? Your team's the well, only team that's two and zero. I know, but they they also play the Giants and the Jaguars, and they play the Jets next week. So I'm like, the Broncos are going to be three and zero, and then reality sets <laughs> in. <laughs> hey, all that can be, to be honest, is a confidence booster because yeah, they're not playing the best teams, but it, when you're not playing the best teams, it gives you a chance to really kind of work on the overall game and get kind of get things set up for those tougher games. He's played pretty good both weeks. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it really comes down to, I mean, you got to beat the weak teams in order to get there the, for the first place. So, yeah. yeah. Especially with it now, it's, you know, the 17-game schedule and everything. So, you know, you got to yeah. take – you got you to gotta beat – you got to beat the team in front of you. Yeah, so. yeah it I means mean, a little bit more right now. I, I'll try to – my I, I for me, probably me and Joe – College football is already over. <laughs> Give two shits about college football at this point. <laughs> I mean, I watch the, the games. Uh, I watch the game. I watch other games because I watched uh, Pat's team last night. Uh, Penn, Mister uh, Penn State versus uh, Auburn. That was a good game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like trying to rub it in on you guys, but I did find that stat that I was seeing yesterday to be pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. How it was only the fifth time in 43 years that Miami, Florida, and Florida State all lost on the same day. That was like, damn. Yeah. Uh, but then when I saw the Florida State score, because I hadn't actually seen the Florida State score until after I saw that tidbit, and I saw the score and who they lost and everything, I went, eww. Their offense is horrendous. The funny they have thing no, is, I- they have no identity, none they, whatsoever. They, they played well against Notre Dame, which just makes me kind of confirm, especially the way Notre Dame's actually been playing. Like Notre Dame's defense just isn't that good. So, like Notre Dame's got Notre Dame's got a bitch of a stretch coming up here where they, uh, I think they got to play in a row. I think it was uh, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, uh, somebody who I'm forgetting. uh, I think it was Virginia Tech and uh, in USC, and there's no way they're winning four of those games. Mm. So, where they play through three games. Yeah, next week's game is uh, Wisconsin at Newton. Soldier Field, I think. Air Stadium. Yeah, it's at, it's at Soldier Field because they were supposed to do that last year at Lambeau, but you know, well, cool. would you want to go to that shithole? Well, <laughs> you know, that's just be hate exactly. on the Packers. <laughs> so. kind of, well, this, this is the this is the whole like you know Shamrock series game. I think where 
you know, yeah. Notre Dame plays a significant team at a neutral site, which is just basically meant to be like a recruiting showcase uh, where they can go, where they can go to a place where it's like, you know, you know, not a home game for them, but it's also not an away game, you know, a, a true road game. So it's, mm-hmm. that's the way Notre Dame does shit still. So. Well, it's funny. Oh, you wow. talk about wow. Green Bay. Now I didn't see Green Bay. Green Bay did not play today. They play tomorrow night against the Lions. Okay. I thought that's yep. I thought Monday night football. So I had to laugh um, because my dad's a Green Bay fan. He's been a Green Bay fan since he was a kid. So um, because that's all pretty much he got was Green Bay and like one other team because he had three, ten and three, six and ten. One of the only stations that you had when he was a kid. Um, but I had mentioned to him, I said, the Green Bay is probably not going to be as to is, is not going to be good. And I don't know if they still will be or not, but. Week one, they did not show, seem to show that they were going to be a good team, even though he got another good wide receiver, you know, back uh, that he had lost. And my reasoning is this, um, because I truly believe in locker room chemistry. When you go off, as he did, and cry like a baby about, you don't get me anybody, you don't get me talent, um, you got, you know... I want to be traded if you're not going to bring anybody in and act like that. Wh- what does that send, say to your teammates? You're a prima donna. You're a crybaby. And who the hell wants to play with somebody like that? Especially when it's your quarterback. Okay, Darth Pat would like to play with a crybaby. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, there's I'll rumors play, that, I'll, you know. Play, I mean, I'll play with that crybaby because, you know, he he does win a lot. Well, True. Ah. People think he's shitting the bed on purpose right now, too. Yep, Zach. Zach actually I, said that. And Zach's a Packers fan, and Zach said that. So I didn't see. I didn't see any highlights of their game last week. So I'll. I'll just. Yeah. I was watching it. It was. Bad. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was, was horrible. Bad. I mean, the, the the yeah, the end result was obviously like, wow, I can't believe they got demolished that badly. And then, especially when you go look at what the Saints did today, the Saints went to Carolina and got beat by nineteen points. Yeah, today was the. Today was the Jameis Winston that I've been used to seeing over his NFL career. <laughs> Last week was like an aberration. Yeah. Well, so, here's, a, you, here's uh, the thing with the Lions. The thing with that though. Tomorrow, yeah. Then, then, then maybe there will be some credence to what you're saying. Car- Carolina's defense is better. What people are giving them credit for, I will say that because they were they. The Saints' offensive line could not take care of the defensive line for Carolina. I watched that game today. Yeah, they were they were just. I wanted Winston to do good, but. They didn't, they didn't do shit to help him out at all. And they were on Kamara every single player. They were double-teaming that guy, and Kamara couldn't do shit either. So Winston was forced to force shit like he used to back in the day because their defense was just really that – Carolina's defense is really that good, legitimately. Well, yeah, and Green Bay's defense is not very good. No. But – Probably still beat the Lions tomorrow because, you know, <laughs> the Lions are the Lions, and you got rid of a great, good quarterback, and you have Jared Goff, and – He's not Matthew Stafford. <laughs> no. So, but it's, but it's just that interesting one. because it wasn't just the defense that that was a problem in that game. The offense looked like shit. Like they were terrible. Mm-hmm. Like he miscues and everything. Like just, it just looked bad. And it, it just, I was like, what I thought and what I told my dad is exactly what I felt like I was seeing was guys did not want to block for him, guys did not want to necessarily i don't want to say didn't want to catch passes but 
passes that maybe they wouldn't normally caught, they didn't catch. You know, it was just it was not the normal Packers offense that you get used to seeing. You know, that can run up a you know run points up on the you know on the scoreboard sometimes with very little try. Yeah, well, definitely not. I mean, it's a eh, good first two weeks so far. So good games. Oh yeah, interesting in, stuff. We'll see. Good today, Jeremy. Huh. <laughs> so defensively, they did until the end of the game. Um, offensively, they looked a lot like what I got used to watching last year, and it was. They'd start moving the ball and then something would happen and they would get, they'd punt or, you know, they try for a fourth and go fourth, uh, fourth down play and they get stuffed, you know, just a lot of that this time. And it just made me real. And, and I hope this was just a fluky game because of the fact that they were playing the 49ers and the 49ers do have a pretty decent defense. At least the front four is pretty, is pretty damn good. They have, they Um, have a good defense too, but you know, they just, it reminded me of last year and that's kind of what I expected to see last week. Um, so it kind of set you up for like, Oh, you're going to see something. You're going to see some, maybe some firepower out of this team. And you saw what you thought you were going to see last week, but didn't get to see it. So I mean, we'll see what the next week brings. We'll see what, I guess at least our team didn't lose like Pats where the guy was off sides. <laughs> On the- uh- that's hardly I, that's hardly the reason they lost that game. There was more reasons than that. I mean, we were watching. I was watching the game because uh, my friend Marlon is a a Redskins fan, and he came down to uh, visit for the last couple of days. So we were watching that game, and we were just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> there was some. So a giant lined some, up off sides on a field goal. Uh, he, he didn't line up. He jumped. He he, he jumped off. He I went said, too early. Put it that way. I said, "Who that?" My friend Marlon, you've met Marlon. No, 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 no. No. What? Before, you said something before that. Um, he said, I don't know. Is a Redskins fan? Redskins, who that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> Washington football. He's the Washington team, football team. Blah, blah. Fan. Thank you. Yeah. Now I know yeah. what you're talking about. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> there are no more Redskins. Yeah, it's, it's, Yes, what, we two made years it now. It's, 19th century. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's still that was that was two Florida State kickers in that game, Joe. No, but I, I know there was some controversy. Was like he yeah. was insisting he wasn't actually offside, and blah blah blah. I mean, two things about that, though. Like I said, there were plenty of other reasons as to why they lost that game, other than Lawrence being called offside. And two, I don't care if you weren't actually offside or not. You just—it's a game-winning field goal attempt. You know, you can't even afford to be flagged for anything. So it's just, mm-hmm. but you know, these are the Giants, and uh, what was it? What was the stat I saw? I mean, they've made the, they've had one winning season and one playoff appearance since they beat the Patriots in Super Bowl forty-six, which was ten years ago, <laughs> and. Uh, I think I saw that they're tied for the Jets for the worst winning percentage in the league since 2017. Woohoo! It's like, when when you're a Giants fan, you always hear about the lean years, which were from between 1964 and about 1981 or so, uh, where the franchise literally couldn't get out of its way. 
for the better part of a decade and a half. They got old. They got shitty. They had like made the wrong coaching choices. Like, mm-hmm. did you know that at one time Vince Lombardi and Tom Landry were assistant coaches for the Giants? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But the Giants wouldn't promote either one of them to head coach. So they went and they sought their own opportunities in Green Bay and Dallas. And the Giants were saddled with guys who weren't nearly as good coaches. Um, but then, like, yeah, they just they didn't, they didn't get talent. They didn't draft talent well or anything until basically, like, the Porcells era started. But I'm now starting with these last, like, you know, this last decade, basically. It's like pretty much get that same feeling that I'm sure Giants fans had during that time of where it's just like it's an inept franchise that can't seem to get out of its own way, where they can't seem to evaluate players properly, where they make the wrong coaching hires, uh, where they make the wrong front office hires. And, you know, it's it, it's really just, uh, to me, it really starts uh, with ownership. But, you know, ownership's never going to change. Um, I know that feeling. <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny thing is I, I love mock draft, right? You know, and I love watching mock drafts all throughout the season and everything because I love to see how, like, guys go up and down the boards as the college season progresses and then of course as the draft order changes as the teams play and everything and so of course you already got people publishing 2022 mock drafts after not even two weeks and the funny thing is most everyone i've seen so far and it's based upon the way the season started has the giants picking you know once if not twice in the top 10 because they have the bears pick um but their pick is always higher than the bears pick and they keep making reference to Dave Gettleman making the pick. And like a commonplace, I've seen them having the Giants pick is fourth overall. And I'm just like, when I'm reading these categories saying, if Dave Gettleman was able to pick this guy, because one, one of them had him picking the guy from Oregon, the defensive mm-hmm. lineman, didn't play against Ohio State, but who everybody says is like the consensus best pass rusher in college right now. Um, mm-hmm. People making comments like, if Dave Gettleman had this guy fall over number four, he'd be doing backflips. And I'm like, Motherfucker, if the Giants are picking fourth overall, Dave Gettleman ain't making that fucking pick because his ass is going to be fired. So, <laughs> be somebody else in there. Yeah, it definitely will be. It's like if they're picking fourth overall, which means that they won't have won more than four or five games, there's no way that he's getting another chance again. Now, the, co- the coaching staff might be one thing. I, I You can make an argument, well, the coaching staff deserves another chance because of this or that, but like through the first two games, I'm totally fine with him cleaning house because, uh, you know, Garrett was annoying as shit last year with his play calling, and it still has been, but I thought he actually called a pretty decent game uh, on Thursday night. He, was, he reached into the bag of tricks, you know, with a lot of the, you know, stuff to try to keep as much pressure off Jones as he could because we still know the offensive line's a piece of shit. Uh, I'm going to curse out Tony Schiavone one of these days for that, but that's another story. Um, um, but judge made a bunch of bad decisions and the defense has played like shit through first two games. So everybody was praising Patrick Graham last year. It's like, yeah, where the fuck your defense been this year? Hasn't shown up. Yeah. So, so I want to go back just for a moment because we were talking about the Eagles and I just, it was funny because at the end of the game is where they kind of imploded a little bit and like caused themselves to lose that game. Barnett. Derek Barnett, who is their defensive end. I can't stand this dude. He came out of Tennessee, and they were making a big hoop and holler about him. Like, oh, my God, he's the guy that broke Reggie White's record for sacks at Tennessee. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't mean shit. He played all fucking four seasons 
Reggie White only played three before he left to, for his professional career. Um, so that's one whole full season. That's 16, no, not 16, 12, sorry, 12 games, 11 to 12 games. That's a big difference. Uh, yeah. And he's done exactly what I thought he would do in the NFL, pretty much nothing. He's either injured or, like he always does, when his team starts to lose and he doesn't, and he's frustrated because he can't get in the backfield. Because he's not a sack machine in the NFL by any means. He's average at best. He commits personal fouls. And that's what he did in this game. Loose ball, fumble that went out of bounds. Doesn't he hit the running back who's got his back to him and clubs it and creams him and gets a personal 15-yard personal foul? I was like, that's fucking awesome. Good job, you douche. (laughs) And that's what I expected of him. I was just like watching. I'm just watching. And then uh, I was just like, well, there there, there that goes. And, of course, then they got another personal foul as they were – as the 49ers were driving, one of the uh, DBs, uh, the guy was going down and he, and the DB, there was nothing the DB could do. It was going to happen, but the guy got hit and he like lowered his pads and shoulder and head. And the DB came in as he was Cause he was going to hit him like in the legs and the guy had double okay. over and then he helmet to helmet, you know, uh, contact and personal flag for that personal foul for that one too. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> There goes the flags. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, son of a bitch. I'm ecstatic right now because uh, I don't care who wins this game. But Derrick Henry scored his third touchdown to tie the game up against Seattle. So nice. now Derrick Henry has gotten me 49 fucking points. Nice. Sweet. So now I'm only nine points behind whoever turned down for Watt is. In oh, that's my, that's my cousin, uh, Roger. <laughs> yes. And... That's helping me because I have one per- more person left to play, and he has zero. So I have Edwards Hilaire playing tonight. So I'm not sure what Derek Henry is going to get me because it's going in overtime. So let's see if it gets me any extra points. But just need Edwards Hilaire to score at least 10 points so I can pull out this win for this week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> for making a mistake I mean, of putting the wrong quarterback the in. Eagles just re-signed that, the, that one guy from Florida State like yesterday, I think. That sweat. They just gave him Oh, yeah. Name. Yeah. Yeah, just doing a couple searches for Derek Barnett. First of all, 19 and a half sacks, 29 tackles for loss, and 65 quarterback hits in 48 games over his first four years. So, uh, you know, 48 games over four years, obviously you can see that he's missed time. Like you uh-huh. said. Oh, yeah, he's injured a lot. And so, yeah, those numbers are pedestrian, you know, middle <laughs> of the road. Well, they're, yeah. they're not bad, but they're not great yeah you they're know. pedestrian that's a good word so, for it i just think it's funny yeah. so, <laughs> use so, that so, so so like when i did when i just typed his name into google like i'm seeing like or finding like a couple of articles where it's asking what does josh what's contract extension mean for Derek barnett with the eagle because he must be playing on his fifth year option since mm-hmm. he's in his fifth season um i don't know considering that they have him and that they just signed sweat to that extension and they have uh uh, you know, Brandon Graham, that tells me they're just letting Derek Barnett walk after this season. So Yeah, Brandon Graham got injured, though, and it could be – they're not sure how bad it's going to be. They're thinking ACL, so that could be yeah. – that could be – it's definitely the whole season, but it also depending on how bad it is and if he can recover, it could be a, season, a career-ending injury sometimes, too, yeah. with that one. So we'll just have to wait and see. That blows. That was hard for me to have sympathy for a guy who went to Michigan and plays for the Eagles. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Anyways, I think Double it's time. For Pat. I think it's time to move on, and we must talk. We have to talk about this. 
because we all watched it now. And that is the how do you, plane ride. How do, how do you know I watched it? No one asked me. Yeah. I didn't. I, Joe may not have watched it, Jeremy. The other three. Did I you know not watch did, it, Joe? No one asked me if I watched it. No, you I'm just started talking right about now, it. Joe, did you watch it? No other fuckers would say, hey, Joe, I, by the way, did you watch this? Hey, I just figured from our text exchange that you were going to yeah, offer your opinions when you Joe had. Never, yeah, Joe never really chimed in, though, so that's why I was like, I don't know. So the Joe question is being that. asked right now, Joe, did you watch The Plane Ride from Hell? Yeah, I did finally watch it, yes. Okay, so <laughs> as I was about to say. Rarely is the question asked. Is Joe watching Dark Side of the Ring? <laughs> so we have to, being wrestling uh, fans and watching this episode, which was absolutely freaking bonkers, we got to talk about Dark Side of the Ring, the plane ride from hell. I saw Tommy Dreamer like made an apology, like he. Well, well, let's 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 let's. Yeah. So yeah, start with you, the program and then deal with the fallout. If, so, if you want to call it an apology. <laughs> I did not well, see this. I might have to look this up. <laughs> well, it's, I think it came in kind of late today. But again, I, th I think we should discuss the program first, then talk about the fallout from the program. So on the, the Dark Side of the Ring released a new episode called The Plane Ride from Hell. And um, I'm going to have to defer to our historian or, or AJ for a little bit better understanding. But The Plane Ride from Hell happened in the WWF age. It was before they got the F out. It was right before. Like yeah, right, right before. Right before. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was a European tour. They had rented a private 757, I believe they said it was, a 757. And they used the same 757 to travel all of Europe and then back home to the United States. And the plane ride home to the United States is where all hell freaking breaks loose. And um, some definitely inappropriate stuff happens to the staff of the plane, as well as some uh, things happen between the wrestlers and guys don't take some of the jokes that were being played very well and kind of get into fist fights and all kinds of crazy shit. So I'm amazed that plane didn't fall out of the sky hearing some of the things that happened, <laughs> especially the part with Brock Lesnar. Well, Zach, Zach has flown before and he has pilot's license he said there's no way that door would ever open no matter what he said that door does not open so like it doesn't matter who came in contact with it he said that door would not have came open so yeah so it was just it was very interesting and evidently you know and the way they described it you know from um that things as the time went on like from flight to flight it kind of got increasingly worse as it was as a as a whole to begin with, like every flight kind of got, they got a little drunker between flight, you know, before well, and then they had the sit, they had the seven hour delay where they were on the tarmac. They said, I think that that's, that didn't help. <laughs> right. So, I mean, and you're talking about uh, a 757 privately, you know, they rented it private. So they have like all the nooks and crannies, like there's no expense not being covered for them. You know, all the booze that they can drink, all the food that they could possibly eat. And, this was the day and age of pill popping, like the big t day and age of pill popping. And it wasn't, it was, it was known, but nobody got in trouble for it. You know, you just, you know, Vince kind of swept it under the rug. Um, Pretty much. Cause he knew what happened on that plane too. I, yeah. I'm having a hard time. I told Pat this the other day, how did Vince not know any of this was going on? It's not like he was like, 
the somebody said when Brock and Mr. Perfect slammed in the door like the plane shook. How did Vince not say what the fuck is going on back there? Oh, he knew. Well, see, see, that's an interesting thing. I don't know if Vince was actually on that flight now, based upon something else that came out um, yesterday. Uh, Coachman said that Vince and Linda were not on that flight. Oh, they, said, they said they said people are conflating Vince being on the flight with the one where he tried to take down Kurt Angle, like 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 wrestle Kurt Angle in the plane and everything. You know, because like Vince got a little got a little tipsy, I guess, for Vince, and you know, it was all like, "I'm gonna take him down." Um, <laughs> and of course, it didn't work. So I and because that was one thing I was commenting, because I thought that was on the plane ride from hell too, but they never mentioned that at all. Now, obviously, they had a lot of other stuff that they were talking about, but they never mentioned Vince trying to wrestle Angle, you know, to the ground or, or anything. So Coachman could quickly but the, the the way that the program was depicting it too and um well I'll, I'll wait for that um the way the program was depicting it too was that if vince was on the flight uh it's like jr you're head of talent relations go deal with the talent you know so he was like forcing jr to be babysitter which jr clearly resented uh <laughs> When you yes. listen to uh, what he said and how he said it, you know, you know, you know, here I am having a bunch of baby said a bunch of grown men. What the hell's going on with that? You know, which, yeah, good point. <laughs> so I feel like he might not have been on the last flight. I feel like he was on the other flights from city well, to city, but he might not have been on that last one specifically. It was one flight. It was one flight. It was when they're flying from London back to it was. Newark or New York or Hartford or wherever the hell it was that they were landing in the States. It was, it was one flight. So, you know, they didn't have like a changeover. It's just that they like, you know, like, no, you Joseph said, thinks Vince was on the flights in between the cities, the others. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That would be impossible. Yeah. 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 But not, not the last flight to home. He might have, right. you know, Vince, he probably could have fucking like him and Linda could have hopped out early and got their own plane and, <laughs> and headed the fuck out of there. Well, and went yeah. Home early. There's, there's a, there's a, that's a good point because I'm saying to myself, uh, I don't know if Vince McMahon's sitting on the tarmac for seven hours. <laughs> no, there's he'd no probably, way he's sitting on the tarmac for seven hours. Absolutely he, not. He'd, he'd probably force his way off the plane somehow and be like, God damn it, I'm getting out of here. So, so one of my favorite parts from the stories that were being told is Michael P. Hayes. Getting his pony he goes and just goes and punches Bradshaw in the face, and Bradshaw stands up and bitch slaps him and knocks him the fuck out. <laughs> it's like I don't. That's awesome. I don't understand exactly what he's doing. I mean, now he's a pretty notorious bad drunk. There's been plenty of you know incidents with him over the years where you've heard mm-hmm. about him getting drunk and making an ass out of himself or saying something stupid like he embarrassed himself at triple h and stephanie's wedding he said something really fucked up to mark henry that's, one that's uh, that's why they cut his ponytail off because he had it coming yeah so 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 he's a he's a notorious river too and half the time they go bad yeah so so here's the thing <laughs> there's some things that happened on that flight which are definitely just dismissible as Guys just having too much fun. Guys yeah. just getting caught up in the moment. 
X-Pac cutting off Michael, you know, Michael Hayes slapping JBL, JBL punching Michael Hayes back, and then X-Pac cutting off Michael Hayes' ponytail. Yeah, that's just, you know, that that's like pranks and shit. That Kurt was Henning, funny. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Henning uh, slapping shaving cream on somebody's head fundamentally, you know, is just like a prank. And because we know Kurt Henning was one of the biggest, you know, pranksters. Maybe he just didn't pick the right person to do it to. No, he definitely did not. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the thing with Kurt, how do you know like, he was, Kurt was yeah, never afraid of anybody, so he didn't it, give a shit. Yeah, it definitely sounds like Brock was in no mood for that. So, um, yeah. Well, we know Brock, we've uh, heard a lot about Brock, and Brock is not, he, he don't want to be, don't bother me. I'm not a people person. He's very, that very yeah, well known. Right. I'm not a people person. Exactly. So, um, but again, uh, oh, she's um, so <laughs> that, yeah, I, I lost my that phone stuff's phone. all like that. That in and of itself is just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Now, when Brock and Henning start fighting, whether it's play fighting or not, and they're like tearing up the inside of the plane and they are slamming into the side of the plane, whether the door could have come off or not. Now you're starting. Now you're now you've starting yeah. to take in a little 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 too far. Now you now you're getting out of hand. Yeah, just a little bit. So, yeah. So that basically is where the kind of you know harmless boys will be boys stuff ends and the serious <laughs> shit begins. Well, yeah. The stuff with Goldust and Ric Flair and Scott Hall. Well, and it was interesting, like Terry Reynolds was on, you know, she was on the plane and, you know, and that, but it was interesting in her to tell a story about Brock Lesnar. Now, this is prior to being on the plane. He evidently exposed himself to her, like in mm-hmm. one locker room, like mm-hmm. as yeah. gold dust is sitting there, <laughs> just, and of course told her to no sell it, you know, don't pay it any attention. Don't sell yeah. it. Like, yeah. Like famous why? words like, in the back. Like. I don't (laughs) it's just interesting like that is so majorly inappropriate at any time like just to show your dick to a female like it's I I don't get it like I don't know how that kind of stuff went on even back then like that was just okay it's okay we'll we'll just sweep that under the rug like I'm not surprised it didn't happen that's 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 why it happened that's why it was able to happen well, what 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 is what does Dustin tell her to do when Brock flashes her? Don't yeah. tell it. Don't tell it. What does Paul Heyman say to her on the flight when Goldust is drunkenly serenading her? Don't sell. It. Don't sell it. Don't sell it means don't get him in trouble. Well, yeah, that's, yep. what, that's what it means. And you know, the person saying don't sell it could offer the defense or the excuse. Well, I knew exactly what would happen if she went to management and complained she'd get in trouble she'd get you know potentially get fired and everything like that which yeah that could very well be true but that kind of goes to show you just how fucked up the whole thing is when that's people's primary concern is either that oh my god she could get fired if she tells what happened to her or you know oh my god she's going to get you know him in trouble and that's not going to be good for the company. And that's not going to be good for business and everything. And one thing that I think you could see, because 
I can guarantee you those two things that she talked about in this special were not the only things that ever happened to her in her career because she was in the business oh, no. for a while. You know, I she was back in like the late 80s, early 90s in WCW, and then she went to WWF. So and she was in the business for over a decade. But you can kind of tell when she's just sitting there and she's like telling those stories and you just look into her eyes. Those are the eyes of somebody who's suffering from PTSD. That when just the very recollection of the events, it's taking them back to a place where they were numb, where they were powerless, where they couldn't do anything, where they were stuck. And yeah, it, it was it was not it was obviously it was a traumatic experience for them. And just taking them back to it and reliving it um, does the you know just just put just puts them right back in you know the exact it puts them back in that scenario and you know they're revisiting something that they'd probably rather not revisit it so you know the, just the very fact that um she gets up there and is still willing to tell the story is still fairly impressive because she didn't have to you know no so um and and you see the same thing like I said, where you re, where you know you're hearing her tell the story, and like you know you're looking at her eyes and everything, um, you can see the same thing when they were talking to the flight attendant, whose mm-hmm. name is escaping me now, which is Addie or whatever. Was a Heidi? Heidi Doyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, Heidi Doyle. Thank you. Um, you know, you could tell that when she was telling about what happened to her, that again. It was a it was an obviously traumatic experience for her, which she would really rather not go and revisit. And you know, it was, it was you know, it was pretty terrible. You know, as to yeah. as to what happened and everything. Because, um, I mean, <sighs> RVD's like the only person that came. all, but there's a part of a we want to get to in a second that um, I kind of have more questions for him. Um, but the, the, everything with flair, it's like walking around the airplane naked, naked <laughs> and doing tricks with his, uh, with, with his baby's arm as they, uh, refer to <laughs> evidently it. his well endowed nether yeah. regions, as, his as dick they, tricks, as, yeah, go ahead. as they always refer to it on the, uh, Tony Schiavone podcast. Because uh, they've told plenty of stories about Rick's dick on that. Um, you know, that's one thing. If he's just walking around making an ass out of himself because he's drunk or been a fucking idiot, that's one thing. Um, the experience that she described when he cornered her in the galley and he's trying to make her touch his dick, that's sexual assault. Plain and simple. And I'm willing to bet money that's <laughs> happened more than once. Like it's happened other times. We're never going to know about it, but I'm guaranteeing that it happened somewhere else at some other point in time with him. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've heard other people's talk and mention other stories about various things with Flair over the years, which, you know, I, I don't know if it raised to the level of like assault or it was just Rick being an asshole. Because I'm sorry, flashing females, you know, if you have, feel like you need to do that, then that is a pretty asshole thing. Uh, yeah. Really. Um, but yeah, 
people like this, if they don't get caught, if they don't get called out, they continue. You know, they don't change. They 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 keep the the behavior persists. So, Joe, what were you gonna say? Oh, I don't remember at this point. Oh, oh, I, I don't. I know. Um, well, well, first off, I mean, we know we know Flair lived his wrestling gimmick to the fullest inside the ring and outside the ring. Just says what it is. So there's none of this surprises me, to be honest. I've seen people go on read uh, interview scripts and stuff like that, and see podcasts where other wrestlers and back in the day travel with them has told stories about stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Tommy Dreamer probably never saw him, you know, Flair do this to be that aggressive towards a woman. And it seemed like he didn't even notice he was doing it on the plane. But yet, you know, RVD, plain and simple, saw everything that happened too. <laughs> so it's like RVD saw it. Who else saw it on the plane and just ignored it? But, you know, everyone else just like, oh, it's, it's kind of funny how they were like, yeah, so what, this is Flair's thing. He does it and he just does this to make the boys laugh. I don't give two flying fucks how big your dick is, and I can give two shits. Maybe it might be funny one time when you're drunk. <coughs> Excuse me. But if it's something you continuously do, that gets old pretty fucking fast. And I could really give two shits after a certain point. And I don't care. I'm 44 saying this, but I would probably say the same thing if I was 21 at the same time. Like, oh, yeah, man, that's fucking cool. Do it 10 more times. All right, bro. That's enough. That's getting fucking old. Um, they just had a weird... It just seems like all the guys, majority of the wrestlers back then had just, they, it seems like a lot of them just had this weird thing that went on. They just did in the back with the, with the drugs and the popping pills and, you know, popping pills and people's drinks. It's funny when they're like, yeah, never leave your drink unintended because you never know what's going to happen. And that's like, that's, that's a pretty shitty rib because yeah. <laughs> apparently Scott Hall was that fucked up that he had no idea he did what he did to the flight attendant. Because to this day, he says he still doesn't remember doing that to her at all on the plane. And we know how fucked up Scott Hall was, but well, that's yeah, pretty he... shitty to, to to give that dude who's already has a goddamn drug problem. Yeah, let's rib him and throw some pills in his uh, drink and then let him drink it. Yeah, wrong guy to do that to you guys. Jesus. Guys, they, I, I, they, they should have, Flair should have been punished on some level for this the fact he didn't get punished at all that's when it happened it's crazy well yeah, yeah. when they asked jr they're like why <laughs> yeah. didn't rick flair get punished he's and he's like as confused as anybody else like he's legitimately like he had to you know it, it, the only thing he could come up with was he, he had, had too, much, too much clout you know he had too much pull he was too famous couldn't couldn't, couldn't punish him which we all know is a bunch of bullshit but you know, JR's right there. He's right there with the rest of the people that are hearing this story as it unfolds, you know, through Dark Side of the Ring and stuff like that. Is He shouldn't have been any different, regardless. Shouldn't have been any different. You know, that was Sean Waltman who did that shit to that flight attendant. You know, his ass would have been fucking punished. Mm-hmm. Or if it was, you know, if RVD did it, no matter how big he was as run, he probably would have been punished too. Or some of the other ones. You know, they probably would have been punished too, but there's that little upper echelon of guys. No, no, we can't do. No, no, just it's okay. Just uh, please stop doing that uh, mm-hmm. so we don't get no more complaints and just uh, keep going about your day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for those of anybody out there watching who didn't see it, uh, what Scott Hall did was that Scott Hall was drunk off his ass because he, of course, had his long issue 
with alcoholism and substance abuse and he was so drunk that um when it was like getting towards when they were landing in this like getting towards morning the flight attendant comes the one who flair assaulted you know comes by to try to like offer him breakfast and tries to basically shake him away and he like grabs a hold of her with enough force that it rips a couple buttons off her shirt and starts like drunkenly saying like what he's going to do to her talking about like licking her and i think he does lick her before somebody mm-hmm. like, drags her away and shit um and like you said he's maintained that he has no recollection of anything that happened and you know they had to like put him in a wheelchair and wheel him through customs because they couldn't like get him awake uh you know just, just incredible to, yeah <laughs> i was like they had to a wheelchair him you know just God. just to get it just to get him through fucking customs and everything um so yeah the so the immediate fallout at the time scott hall got fired kurt henning got fired which seemed like a bit of an overreaction based upon what he did versus what other people did Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they did kind of mention that like everybody figured, well, eventually he'll come back and blah, blah, blah. But he it didn't. Died. He died about a year later. But, you know, that was also his own fault, unfortunately, because he died of a fucking cocaine overdose. So, you know, I love Mr. Perfect, but, you know, fucking 45, six years old, whatever he was at the time and fucking ODing on cocaine, you know. Um, Goldust, I think, got... He didn't get fired then because I know he was still with the company for the rest of 2002 and beyond. But I think he got a bit of a deep push for a while until I think they formed like the tag team between him and Booker T. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he, I think he was damned lucky to not get fired. But yeah, like I said, you know, Flair didn't get fired. Flair didn't get reprehend, uh, you know, reprimanded in any appreciable way. And Flair had only been back with the company at that point for about six months. Because, you know, he re-debuted with WWF. It was the night after Survivor Series 2001. So was, that was November. You know, this was... Uh, May of 2002. May. So he's been there for six months. You know, it's like at the time they... I think they were still doing the whole thing where, you know, he and Vince were the co-owners. I don't think they had quite ended that yet because of Stone Cold walking out. Um, mm. No, they couldn't have because Stone Cold wrestled on that show. So I think I think that was coming in a, in a couple of weeks, but you know, so that's probably one of the reasons why they didn't suspend or, or fire Flair or anything like that. Um, but I, as I said, there, there's more questions I would like to have for Jr. based upon what he said, because you know he's saying like, yeah, it's a good question why he wasn't, you know, that didn't happen to him. I guess it was because he was too much of a made man. All right, Jr. Well, like you've been explaining to us for this whole fucking episode, you're the head of talent relations. What was your take? Do you think Flair should have been suspended, <laughs> fined, fired? What was your recommendation to Vince? Oh, I think we've got to let Nate go. You didn't say anything like that on the on the uh, on the episode, and you know, obviously, you know, they could edit it or do whatever they want. I, I just kind of, ha- I would like to think that from watching all these episodes of this of this series, that if he had said anything like that, it would have been in the episode. Yeah. You know, you would have seen it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure that Jr. didn't want to fire like, any of those guys. He would have rather had, you know. Well, he said he had no problems firing Scott Hall because he well, was like, he didn't think Hall was. He, he thought it was kind of. He's on record, I think, as saying he wasn't really on board with bringing the NWO guys back in the be- in the beginning. But he also didn't think that Hall had his substance abuse issues in check, and he clearly didn't. Nope. And so there was really no excuse to not fire Scott Hall. Well, yeah, um, he, needed, he knew he needed to go home and get his shit together. 
yeah it's like, it's like you know you know you, you need to get yourself straight son you know and you know hall still didn't for years but no um yeah it's just like i i just have like there's like other questions i would want to ask jr and just kind of you know hey it was like so if this is what you felt and how come you didn't say when you're being interviewed for the episode i said your friendship with Nate too tight for you to speak truly speak <laughs> out against them so um so again it was it was a horrible situation and then like they said when the plane landed it was trashed it was it was it was like it was broken it was dirty it was covered in vomit and spilled food and and liquor and the you know the flight attendants basically refused to clean it and I when they like reported yeah and then when they reported what had happened to their bosses the bosses basically said well we have to respect the privacy of our clients yep that's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty general corporate stance when yep, you're making sure. that kind of money off of a private leave um mm-hmm. rented jet yeah it very much is and it's again it's just another it's another reason as to why when people and, and um, let's just be honest here women face shit like this it's why they don't report it it's why they don't yeah. come out and say anything because they're told to hush up they're told to not take it seriously they're told to not sell it yeah so it was, it's uh it's interesting because we know shortly after that that's when the you know get the f out because they got the you know that the court ruling i think it was it finally got a court ruling with the wwf the world wildlife foundation and stuff like that and then that's also shortly after that they went to what uh, not the it left the attitude era and went to the ruthless aggression era of wrestling and like they're essentially they're scantily clad like shit started phased out and everything like really changed because you know as jr had mentioned in that episode is uh, Vince realized he had to change his product and start holding people accountable for their actions. So, yeah, and it's, it's kind of like that's the it was basically then where that's where the uh, like the next generation kind of started. It was like it was the end. It was the end of the you know the Attitude Era. So the end of the Austin Rock DX era, and it was the beginning of the Brock Cena Orton Batista era, basically. But it's interesting because. The ones that caused the problem, the biggest problems on that flight were the guys that were not even part of the Rock Cena era. It was still like those guys that were the generation before them mm-hmm. like that caused all the problems. So it was yeah. like those guys couldn't grow up enough to realize, hey, I'm a fucking grown-ass adult. Flair is old enough to be a grandfather. <laughs> Kurt Henning's old, getting up there as far as his age. Um, Michael P. Hayes is definitely up there in age. <laughs> the only one that wasn't up there in age that was, um, you know, part of the Attitude Era and that got himself in trouble was Brock because he was still the young guy. Like some of the other guys, most of the other guys besides like maybe um, Goldust. Goldust was oh, probably in his late 30s at that time, somewhere around there, maybe close to 40. But mm. a lot of these guys were fucking 30s. old, like old like and they're still acting like a bunch of children like and not to say you can't have fun like i'm not against having fun and and, and acting like an ass but there's a time and a place for everything you know if i'm going to act like an ass and and do stupid stuff i'm going to do that in the privacy of my own home or somebody else's home that 
you know, that is probably family and knows that I can knows that I might act a little stupid if I get drunk, you know, you know, I'm not going to do that on a fucking jet plane, you know, <laughs> that I don't I, own. <laughs> I told well, uh, believe, believe it. Uh, sorry, real quick. Believe it or not, Dustin Rose was actually still only 33 at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. So he was relatively young. Mm-hmm. I went to the, I was at the, I was at the raw this right after the plane ride from hell. That was the one I went to where I got the sign taken away. I was at that raw in Hartford. I didn't, I think I kind of knew it, but I had forgotten until I saw the date. And then I'm just like, okay, I know I was there. Cause that's when Brock like first kind of showed up on the scene. So, so I was at the show after the plane ride from hell. <laughs> oh, geez. And the nobody show went knew on about like nothing then. happened. <laughs> no, nobody knew about it then, but like now I know I was at that show. <laughs> So you always hear stories when the wrestlers do interviews and are on podcasts about the good old days. And right. Plane Rider from yeah, Hell that's... was just is something that just seemed to be went that's something that went way above and beyond of ridiculousness that you know these guys went through, did I don't care, seven carts of alcohol, I believe it was that they ordered. That's just insane. Um, you know, it just went way too far, but at the same point. This seemed to be like a, I don't want to say an everyday thing, but it was pretty fucking common among a lot, a lot amongst amongst a lot of the wrestlers back then. Oh yeah, those those guys get drunk at the bar, go driving, drink on the road while they were still driving. Like these are still guys who had come up through the territory system, or had come up through the Attitude Era, to the point where it was like, yeah, there's there's really no rules. Nobody's really policing their conduct. They had only been a publicly nope. traded company for about two and a half years at that point. So, you well, know, still even, selling, there, so. Even, even though there have been plenty of scandals, like, you know, like the steroid trials, which can't, I can't wait to see that episode of Dark Side coming up in a few weeks um, and, and, and other assorted shit. Um, you know, I, I think this was this was kind of like a, a, a wake up point for some people. And but unfortunately, it wasn't a wake-up point for everybody, now was it, Tommy Dreamer? <laughs> yes. So here's so here, I want to preface it this a little bit. So it was very interesting because Tommy Dreamer, very well respected amongst the wrestling community, amongst wrestlers, always been considered one to be one of the nice guys of the business. Yeah, one of the nice guys. Yes. Yeah. And you know, defends Ric Flair, which no problem with def- defending a friend, but it was the way he went about it. He pretty much dismissed. Yes. The young, the lady. The, the flight yeah. attendant or stewardess, whatever their, whatever their he technical term is now. <laughs> yeah, she basically said, well, that's her interpretation, and I can't imagine – I can never see Ric Flair ever trying to make somebody touch his dick. Like essentially <laughs> you lying, your, your, your claim is false. Right. Well, then yeah. Rod Van Dam sees it all right there. He's like, oh, it, yeah, pretty much happened. It, it was referencing the fact that, you know, she and the uh, one other flight attendant and – Kind of little would have loved to have heard her story, but I mean, it probably would have been a lot of the same. And I could definitely understand where she would not be comfortable talking about it on camera, even after all these years. Um, but <clears throat> sorry, um, you know, she she sued and she took a settlement because her husband thought that was best. They like she mentioned she had like a newborn. She probably didn't want the notoriety and the publicity at the time. Uh, yeah, he because, did make a point of saying that too about oh, yeah. she took the payout. Well, well, right. Yeah. So that's I what mean... it is. So, so Dreamer's taking issue with the fact that she took the payout, and then you hear the sarcasm dripping from his voice, saying, 
Well, if if she if that's the way if that's what she really felt happened, then why didn't she see that this heinous person was prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law? And then he made the, and then he and then he made the terrible joke about you know. The you know, pony. People get offended by different things. People are probably offended that I have a double ponytail, and it's like, what? I'm seriously offended by that double ponytail. <laughs> I'm offended by that double ponytail too. Not because I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, not 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 because um, I know anything about like men's fashion or men's hairstyles. I get a fucking buzz cut every time I get my hair cut. Um, but just because, well, you know. It looks fucking stupid. But the, fact, the fact that you're equating, oh, I'm sorry if you're offended by my double ponytail too. Oh, I'm sorry she was offended that Ric Flair tried to put her hand on his junk. Yeah, it's a little different there, buddy. Yeah. That's 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 a comparison where not only is it not in the same fucking ballpark, it ain't in the same fucking sport. So Dreamer, as we have learned, tried to make an apology. So after he, sh- after, after, I should say, after he was indefinitely suspended by Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. make sure we put that in there first, too. So here is his wonderful, and I'll read this for everybody just because I like to read. It's always fun. So regarding my comments on Dark Side of the Ring, it was never my intention to offend, hurt, or victim shame anyone. I understand my comments were insensitive and could trigger emotions in someone's own personal past. I do not condone sexual misconduct of any kind i apologize to anyone i offended from the bottom of my heart i am so sorry which pretty much as we've seen over the years is the very um corporate uh apology or uh, not corporate i should say the very um this is what my agent says i should say phrasing um so it's hard to say if he really feels that way or if he did that because, hey, I got suspended and I don't want to be suspended anymore. And this is the way to clear it up. Who knows? But I I personally feel this way about Tommy Dreamer. I, I, I'm not I don't hate the guy. He definitely did something insensitive with not, you know, handling it better on dark side of the ring. I don't can't say his apologies, but he definitely has a hard on for Ric Flair. Like he definitely has a heart on like Ric Flair is like God of wrestling. And then there's nobody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> th- th- like, I mean, he, he like, I don't like, it's okay to have an opinion on something and not be what everybody wants to hear. And, but he probably just shouldn't have said that. Like he should, if he should have kept it to himself because I, I say stuff sometimes that not people want to hear. And I, I don't always say the right thing and I don't care. So, but I, I just think you have to be more careful nowadays what you say, because you're probably going to, I've already told a couple of my other friends, I said, guys, if my, this podcast we do, if this was like going to lots and lots of people, I definitely would have to be more careful with some of the things I say, because I don't give a shit. And I always, I, I definitely, so it's okay for you to have an opinion and maybe it's not what everybody wants to hear. I just don't think he should have said it like on the program, if you know, whatever, some of the stuff he said, he shouldn't have said it. He should have just not said anything. I think he would have been been better off with that. So, because I do think I do think he thinks he doesn't really think anything really terribly wrong happened. I believe in his mind. I don't think he does think. That's the impression I got. Mm-hmm. He should have said anything. Mm-hmm. He would have been no, better off saying anything. Yeah, he definitely doesn't believe anything happened. But there's also a different way he could have handled it. 
you know, if he wanted to make a comment, he could have easily said something to the effect of, I've never seen Rick do that. Is it out of the realm of possibilities that Rick could have done that, depending on how drunk he was? Absolutely. You know, unfortunately, I did not see the situation happen. There is a, such a different way he could have handled it and said it with still knowing that his in his mind, Rick didn't do this. Like, yeah. You know, he just he just completely fucking dismisses it and acted like she was a total liar about the whole situation. And that yeah. was the biggest problem of it. It, it was it was his tone. It, it, it was like I said, it was the sarcasm that you could hear. You know, sometimes you can't hear sarcasm when somebody speaks. You could hear the sarcasm when he was making those comments. It also goes to show that he's probably just not very bright. We've been having this. You know, no, here's, what I mean, here's what I mean by that. We've been having, there's been this reckoning playing out over the last couple of years in like, you know, the entertainment and sports industries about sexual misconduct and everything. And the fact that he somehow didn't seem to realize that making the comments that he made were going to get people upset with what's been going on in the culture over the last few years just shows a fundamental uh amazingly you know just like you know lack of you know wherewithal basically and getting back to what you were saying jeremy about like the, the same about, about being very corporate it's what i'd like to refer to as the non-apology apology, apology. Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> he's more basically saying that he's apologizing because he got in trouble but this is the, this is this is the way and this infuriates the shit out of me every time i read one of these fucking apologies i apologize to anyone i offended you might as well be saying, I'm sorry that you all took offense to what I said, but I don't think I said anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Why can't you just say, I apologize, period? Just don't say another fucking word after that. So does <laughs> say, I apologize. <laughs> oh, that's how mad Darth Pat is was, right now. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that that no, just I, happened I, at that moment. But, but, but seriously. All he has to do is say, I apologize. Nothing else. Does Ric Flair, if Ric Flair has makes an apology, does that help him at this point, or should he just not do it then? Not even well, bother because it's, he probably never thought he did anything. It's hard to say because the fallout from this, and this is what I really wanted to address, because there's been allegations flying around about various wrestlers over the last couple of years. There was allegations and still are, I think, about Matt Riddle, about Darby Allen, um, you know, about some other people whose names I'm probably forgetting that you know, have either gone by the wayside or this or that. Um, I know there's been controversy surrounding Tessa Blanchard that doesn't have anything to do with, with sexual misconduct. I mean, it just has to do with her just her conduct and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Flair was also in this ad campaign for, uh, for, for Car Shield. That's been suspended. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, so they're basically waiting for the heat to die down to continue it if they choose to continue it they could just cancel it completely i really think aew has to not they they right. they need they need nothing right now it's any kind of negative they need no negative because they have momentum they don't need flair they need flair not showing up that that's a right. bad thing what i was going to yeah. say is that i mean flair was on renee paquette you know the former renee young's podcast i guess several weeks ago and she asked him a question i guess about um Hey, you know, the, the Playwright from Hell Dark Side of the Ring episode's coming up. And, you know, you've been talked about what you did on that. And he was saying something about, 
he gave a response that basically said, well, if I get in trouble over it, I know where the bodies are buried. As if he's got something to say about it. Somebody. That would get other people in trouble. To be honest, I'd love to hear what he's going to say. <laughs> but it ain't going to change my opinion much about what 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 he did, you know, and everything. And and getting to what AJ said about EW, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember the You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch song. <laughs> there's, the line, there's the line in it where he says, like, you know, I want to touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Yeah, AEW needs to put a 39 and a half foot pole between themselves and Ric Flair. If they bring, <laughs> if they bring Ric Flair in right now, it would be the worst fucking thing they could do because they have a shitload of momentum. They're gearing up for these big shows this coming week, which I'm psyched to watch. Yep. Uh, because if they do it, then you're you're attracting attention to yourself in the wrong way. Because yeah. people, people will go and say, hey, you also employ Dustin Rhodes, and he was on this stuff. And hey, you employ Darby Allen still. And he's got, and Jim Ross. He's he's got Jim delegations Ross. against him. And Jim Ross is tangentially, tangentially tied to this and, and every other thing. This is the exact wrong time for any kind of publicity like that. So AEW, if Tony Khan's got any thoughts of bringing Flair in right now, no, I, Icon, if you're listening right now, don't I, do it. <laughs> I did I did see though that they, they pulled Chavo away because Chavo's the stunt coordinator on the Young Rock show. I thought they pulled him away because they were gonna replace him with Flair. I did see that he was going irregardless because he mm. has to go film Young Rock, so they had no choice. They had yeah. to take him away from Andrade. So I don't I just don't think that they're gonna put anybody with Andrade other than that guy that's with him now. And so. that's perfectly fine because that that works i they don't yeah, need let, another, let, let, him get right now. let him get over on his own see if he can actually do it but um so aj and i were having a brief phone conversation on uh friday night and we were kind of thinking if you include scandals of any kind which can include drug use substance abuse alcoholism racism uh infidelity you know you know so anything like that was there anybody who wrestled in the 80s and 90s who was a decent person and we came up with <laughs> we really really came up with three names thinking real quick tito santana ricky steamboat and owen hart <laughs> but it's like everybody um, else we could think of triple h wrestle in the 80s or he was just 90s he came in nope. the 90s right oh no he's he's not on the good side of that either yeah, so he's not. Jeremy said Triple H. Well, yeah, he's I mean, not. The, back, the backstage politicking and uh, the association with the click and the fact he, that he was banging Stephanie when he was still living with and how, how he fucked over China. China. Yeah. yeah, those are all those are all some black marks against him. Um, you know, you know, so it's like so many of these guys. Actually, I guess Rosalie Rock doesn't really have any of those issues that we know of. Dwayne, so. no, yeah. you're right. He doesn't um, have anything. He got he got picked on, and they you know I've read that Michaels and Triple H tried to get him out of the business, <laughs> like yeah. trying to get him to quit. <laughs> yeah, I remember Bre I remember Bret Hart writing about that. See, that's the thing. You're like Bret Hart's on a neck because Bret Hart's admitted numerous times that he slept around on the road. So just not with, I um, said, just not with Sonny. Yeah, yeah, with everybody but Sonny. <laughs> um, 
you know, so well, Mick Foley seems like he's a good guy too. So I don't, I don't think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you Foley too. Foley. I mean, if we really sat here and thought about it harder, we could come up. But again, the fundamental thing was, it's like there's that old saying about like you know, don't meet your heroes, and it's like if your hero was a wrestler from the '80s and the '90s, yeah, there's a good and, chance. And it, wasn't, yeah. it was funny it to hear Rob Van Dam say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Van Dam's like, there's that old saying about me. You, you don't. Yeah, there's a good chance if your hero was a wrestler from the 80s or the 90s that, unfortunately, they were a piece of shit. I mean, hey, we were sitting there at WrestleMania two years ago, and Hulk Hogan comes out to the beginning to that huge pop, and I'm the guy who cried when Hulk at nine years old when Hulk Hogan got beaten by the Ultra Warrior, and you know the whole stadium's you know standing up cheering and everything, and. I sat in my seat and didn't applaud for him that night because I still believe that he never he he never apologized appropriately for the the racist shit that he said. You know, he gave very yeah. much one of those "be careful of what you say" because you could get caught speeches. So it's like when like guys like the New Day still have issues with him. Was like, yeah, I fucking understand why. So yeah. Oh, speaking of racist comments, um, many many years ago now. Um, do you guys know who Dog the Bounty Hunter is, guy? That guy. Yeah, I know. I used to watch that show. Um, he is. Well, the show kind of tells you who he is, but evidently he spent some time in prison, and during mm-hmm. his time in prison, he was very in with, as he put it, the brothers. Like, how old are you to call them the brothers? Like, that's just sounds terrible to begin with. But uh, supposedly he was, you know very much you know friends with the the black gentleman in in the prison and so he thought he got a pass on being able to say the (laughs) n-word like dude i don't care how down you are with 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 any group you don't get a pass on saying the n-word if you're white (laughs) there is no such thing (laughs) i think there's only only one white guy who does have that pass but i also don't know that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, and he still and he still won't he use still it. Still don't because <laughs> yeah. he's just like that's like he, even he knows like that's just it's there's no need for it. Uh, you know, as as a as a white person, just because there's too many bad ties to that word uh, with being white, like the history of that word being used as a from a from a there's, there's, racial there's standpoint. No- there's nothing but bad ties to that word. Yeah. There is no positive connotation to that word. No, absolutely not. No. So it's just like the fact that it just made me laugh when I heard him being interviewed and he said that. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is like completely out to lunch. Like how much pot did he smoke that his brain is that dead? Like, uh, I, so, know it's yeah, I think it was some other shit he was doing. <laughs> rocking those yeah, eight balls. It, it, it was it was like when I made reference to Michael Hayes saying stupid shit. You know, it was like that thing that he said to Mark Henry one time, I guess, is that Hayes got shit faced drunk and he went up to Mark Henry, you know, who's, you know, 400 pound, you know, Olympian weightlifter, wrestler, whatever, everything. It's like slaps him on the back and goes, like, you know, hey, I'm blacker than you. <laughs> like, like, why? What? You know, it was, how how it was, is that? It was, like, it was, why? It was something to that. And it's like, I'm like, Motherfucker, you're lucky Mark Henry didn't rip your goddamn head off. And no offense, yeah, like much. I don't know. I guess he wasn't referring to skin color because Mark Henry's a pretty dark 
black man <laughs> like he's not light-skinned by any means so yeah, it's, it's like, like how like yeah, what were like you judging the blackness of him on <laughs> it's like you just combine him saying that to you and you know you combine with all the times that he wore confederate flag shit when he came out when he was wrestling as a as you know as a free bird and everything like on those grounds alone mark henry's got enough call to you know just you know beat the shit out of you and say well you know he had it coming <laughs> yeah. so there. There was something that we were talking about, like I think a week ago, and I and I it was when Pat was talking about like the stuff with Shivani and like Adam Cole, and I actually think there's there's something to that now. Like I read that Adam Cole forgot to call him a nerd, and Shivani like told him to call him a nerd, and it sounded like they had talked about stuff backstage because this is going to be something that turns into something. I don't think it was a one off. I think mm-hmm. Joe said. If it turns into something that progresses, it's better than if it's a one-off. I don't think it's a one-off. I think it's part of something that they're building because Nicole showed me a picture of <laughs> Shivani hugging Britt Baker and Adam Cole sent a mad emoji. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was it was it was like awkward because Shivani seemed to just like linger in the ring, ring for too long. But why. it was like, yeah, it's like I guess he was trying to tell Cole, "You're supposed to call me a nerd," you know. So he was like waiting for the. It was Cole's and, idea to call him a nerd in the first place. Right. Yeah. Cole said he's a nerd. Like Cole said, he's like, I know I'm a nerd, so it'll be funny if I call somebody else a nerd. <laughs> yeah, well, suppose just, that they, they yeah. talked in the back to see what they wanted to do about it, which which is fine. If it's going to be something, that's great. If I it's think not, it's going that's to, the part that's going to suck. Be, yeah, I, I don't think it was a one-off. I think it's going to turn into something. So we'll say that's I, fine, I, still think, I still think it's a little silly to try to get heat with an announcer like that when the announcer is not a wrestler, but you know. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what they do with it. But just, just real quick, just to maybe try to put a quick bow on this plane ride from hell yeah. episode. Um, so I listen to a bunch of wrestling podcasts. Uh, I listen to Jim Cornette's podcast. Cornette could reasonably called a flair apologist. And that I've never really heard him say anything negative about flair. I've always heard him defend flair. He's usually been from the position of like, well, goddamn, he had to deal with Jim Hurd on the WCW booking committee, and Jim Hurd's a fucking asshole, and then he had to deal with fucking Vince Russo, and fucking Eric Bischoff, and those guys are motherfuckers. Yeah. Anyway, he's supposed to <laughs> coming up on his uh, on an on a edition of his podcast might have been the one that that landed today. He was supposed to have an interview with the the the, the executive producers of Dark Side of the Ring, so. That'll, that could be an interesting listen. But between that, then, like, uh, I listen to podcasts with Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, and they could all be considered flair apologists. Like, you know, Bischoff and Flair hated each other once upon a time, but they're supposedly fairly tight now. Mm-hmm. And Schiavone's always been tight with Flair, and JR's always been tight with Flair. And, of course, for those three guys, you know, their podcast is hosted by Conrad Thompson. Who, of course, is, who is married Rick, to Flair's oldest daughter, Rick Flair's son-in-law. Mm-hmm. Between Cornette's podcast and between those three podcasts, and the next, I'll give them two weeks because you know they might be recording ahead of time and shit like this and everything. I'm just going to be really interested to hear how they cover this, if they mention this, if they talk about it, and what they say about it. Because I'll say this right now, and this goes for Cornette too. If they try to dismiss this shit and play it off like it was nothing, say like nothing happened, that's it. 
fucking turning you off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't care if one listener stops listening, but that's I'm, I'm, my point is that you can't just go sweeping this shit under the fucking rug after that. Because I, I think I, this is also what I said to AJ on the phone the other night. You know, I sat down when that episode started and I was slipping back and forth between the Brooklyn Nine-Nine finale, the Giants game, and this. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, looking forward to just hearing, like, you know, uh, an entertaining, you know, recall of this, you know. I figured this would actually be one of the lighter episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> that. It was a <laughs> fucked up situation, but nothing, like, majorly horrible happened. At the end of the episode, I was ready to fucking cry because I was like, you know, watching that woman tell everything that she told and you can just see like how much pain it's still causing her to this day, 19 fucking years later. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was bad. So, you know, I lost it. Like I said, when I was texting you guys, I lost a shit ton of respect for Rick Flair, Scott Hall and Tommy Dreamer. Flair, obviously, most of all. So, you know, if these guys who always want to go out there and defend Flair want to sweep this under the rug, you know, if they don't talk about it, fine. They don't talk about it. But if they bring it up and they're just and they're and they take the Tommy Dreamer attitude about it, yeah, that's 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 fucking it. Right. And you can't you can't just just no. No, 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 no. It's gonna be interesting to see how the other people react to this and what they do on their podcast. I haven't <clears throat> gone on any of the podcasts yet to see what uh any of them have said about this yet, but uh, I will the next couple of days and it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, w- what's been said and how much, uh, you know, apologizing these people do for Ric Flair. Cause I'm kind of curious to see what uh, some certain people have to say about it. All right. And, and it also would be kind of interesting to uh, ever hear if anything, if there's ever any heat on Brock Lesnar for the flashing thing, but all right, no I more. Do- my guess is not. my guess is not but you know i'm just curious no cut you off not. with that all right because <laughs> if, if i don't you're gonna keep going you love to talk um so i just want to do a real quick shout out um to our good friend and and guy who's been supporting us uh and that's rob t at all around detailing so yeah. i just want to do a quick shout out to him uh he uh, constantly weighs in on some of the different things that we put out there and is always, uh, you know, out there liking our stuff. So, uh, please, if you are in like the Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton area, check out his Facebook page all around detailing. He does great work. He's got photos of all the work that he does, uh, you know, interior detailing, exterior detailing. He does Window paint tinting. correction, all kinds of stuff to make your car or your vehicle, I should say, look really, really nice. So if you want to go in with a ride that's all disgusting and dirty and have him clean it up, he will do that for you. And he also does appointments to come to your house and do the detailing too. So really cool stuff. All right. Now, with that said, we're moving on to our next topic, which um, this was a post that we shared on our Facebook page about because we are all game dorks. So um, I want to share this out and we're going to weigh in essentially um, on which controller, like I already know which controller I used first, but uh, just kind of go around the horn here and weigh in with which controller we used here. 
So I'm just bringing up the post. So the post is, you know, which controller did you start with? And, um, you know, number for, for anybody who doesn't know what these controllers are, that's maybe watching this. Uh, and I'll need a little help with this because I didn't have all these game system. I had, I know most of the controllers, but I don't know them all. You got one. Man, I can tell you all of them are Joe. I'm sure me and Joe know what all of them are. Yeah. But you got Atari is number Correct. one. Then you got Nintendo, you got Sega, uh, Genesis. I think that is, that's right. That's a Sega Genesis controller, I believe. Or is that just yep. Sega? No, that's a Sega Genesis. I, and then you got Super Nintendo. Then you got the Sega. What is that second Sega controller? No, that's, see, I think the first one's, I think three is the regular Sega, and I think five is the Sega Genesis. Yeah. I don't know. I had both of those. I had Sega and Sega Genesis. I, I, I should say five is the Sega, because then you're going to get to the Sega Dreamcast on number eight. So Okay. That's the one I didn't have any idea. I was like, what the fuck controller is that? But then you had... Um, Oh, I, I think three is Sega Genesis and five is that when they came out with that extra, they updated the controller, had that external thing that you can get for the Sega Genesis. Mm. That was like a extra thing. Go ahead. Jared. And then you have Sorry. the N64 controller. Yes. PS1. And then you said that's the Sega Dreamcast controller at yes. number eight. Yep. That's yep. a Dreamcast. Yep. Yeah. See, that I didn't have awesome. that system. I think I played that one time because somebody I knew had it. I, uh, I gotta okay. tell you, you look at that Dreamcast controller. That's just so bulky. <laughs> it's gigantic. But you know what? It worked for what for for the game. It it was a good controller. Yeah, unfortunately, I never played Dreamcast, but yeah. And then we have, of course, the PS2 controller, and then that's another Nintendo controller. But I don't know which GameCube. is that. Is that the that's GameCube, GameCube controller? Yeah, number ten is GameCube. Yeah. See, I never owned the GameCube, so I had no idea what that controller looked like. And then they have the yep. original Xbox, and then that's what Xbox. What is that Xbox? I forget what the next Xbox system that came out was. I actually feel like they just changed the controller while the Xbox was out. Okay. I think it's you're not... right because I was still working at Circuit City. And I, uh, I think 12 like... is a 360. That doesn't look like a 360 controller to me yet. So yeah, I I, I think you're I think you're right on that, AJ, because like I said, I was I was still working at Circuit City uh from from like 2001 to 2003 and i seem to remember there, there being this big deal about like the new xbox controller like it had it had a different type of name but i, I think you're right that, that was for this for the original xbox and then of course you have the ps3 then the wii wii u ps4 then xbox 360 then you have which i can switch. never remember the switch what? thank you because i couldn't i don't know why i couldn't remember that, that is one. the 360 controller number 12 is it mm -hmm. oh really oh that's right because yeah. then it went xbox 360 and then xbox what was it one was the yeah. next xbox it was xbox one so that number 17 is the xbox one controller i guess and then number 19 what is that that's xbox one. so that's the xbox it's it's the elite controller oh the elite controller it okay. has paddles on the back i have that controller and then 20 is uh, that's the ps5 controller. 20 yeah. 20 is the best controller on here so I would, take 20. I would take 20 like no questions asked i don't fuck all the rest of them at this point so i've i've never held that one i don't know what how is it just the way it feels in your hand is is that good or it's just because it's because it's i don't like i didn't like the the sony controllers before this one i didn't like the playstation controllers i didn't like them they were almost too tiny so mm -hmm. i think that P sony borrowed 
from Xbox a little bit and tried to make their controller a little bit more like the Xboxes, but theirs mm-hmm. is just the best version of, I think theirs is kind of the best version of both. It's like they took the Sony controller, mashed it with the Microsoft controller and got the best possible thing they could get. Yeah, because I always looked at the Xbox controllers as these big, bulky beasts of controller. I'm like, damn, this thing's <laughs> fucking huge. Um, they don't have the WaveBird on here either. The WaveBird, when it came out for the GameCube, that was the first like wireless controller. That was that was one of the best yeah. controllers ever at that point in time. Yep, I um, remember that. I remember that. So my favorite controller to use is number ten. Okay. okay. The GameCube is my favorite controller. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit of a minimalist, so of course I'm taking number one. <laughs> <laughs> so. For me, that's because you that's because you really like playing with joysticks, Pat. <laughs> no, that's because I I always like playing asteroids, you know. And that and for me, that's where I started games like yes. Atari 3600, the 7200. Yep. That's where I started. Yep. So, so, started so, so number two. So I started thing. with number when, two. When, when, Joey, when, when Joey answered number two. That really surprised me because, like, I'm the youngest of the four of us, <laughs> and I, I had an Atari. So, you know, like, I, I use that controller and everything. So, to hear that Joe didn't use that controller, I just I was a little surprised by that. You know, you know another he, game system that's not on here that should be on here? Turbo Graphics. Uh, Turbo Graphics 16. Yeah, sure. But in television, did anybody ever play in television? I've played I it, now, yeah. I, I probably played it, but I have very few memories Our, of it. There was a ColecoVision, too, even. Yeah. yeah, television was a cool controller because it had a pad on the top that you that was like a touchpad that you kind of did like circles like to move it around, and then it had mm, numbers yeah. on it too, like so, you type in numbers and shit. <laughs> five, five, and eight are the only controllers on here I've never used. I have used so let's see, I've I've one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine. <laughs> And then uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. <laughs> I skipped all the Microsoft stuff. <laughs> yeah, Jared doesn't mess with Microsoft. Nope. I, I, used, I used number one, but that was after the fact when Nintendo kind of came out. Um, my one friend had gotten it. I didn't get Nintendo until probably like a year and a half after it was out. Uh, but his parents then that had gotten him Nintendo, my friend Jason, um, they had control, they had the the controller the system for controller one like in their basement so then like we hooked it up and we're kind of like playing around with it It is what it is control like a joystick but uh i've 20 is the only one i haven't used on this on this list i mean i've I've used less than half of them but yeah i like i like the wii u but they they took what worked on the wii u and turned it into the switch so Mm -hmm. like the portable part of the wii u i liked the wii u when it came out it was cool because it was portable but then they took the best part of that and turned it into the switch so yeah the switch is essentially a handhold a handheld game system i, I don't can hook up to your tv my, i don't even play it on my tv i haven't played my switch on my tv in like two years probably yeah so and that's the one thing about nintendo that i've always noticed is nintendo was always very good on they innovate in innovating and bringing like what they know people really kind of want to have in a in a game system in like creating that niche that that people want 
and also always being like very family oriented with their like games that they come out with and stuff like that and nostalgia games that I know AJ likes like Zelda and you know uh, Mario and all that stuff. So where Xbox and or Microsoft and Sony they're more about like we want the online gamers like we're hitting hard with the online gamer crowd. hardcore graphics and stuff. I mean yeah, look at the controllers. Look, look at like 2 4 6 <laughs> and 10. Like look <laughs> 2 and 4 like they upgraded it to the curve, more buttons and then they go to this drastic number 6 and then they go, you know, drastic well, I don't see that drastic. 14's very it's... drastic. 14's as drastic as you get yeah. on they go to 10 and then 14 is like what kind of old school with a shitload of buttons on it that's crazy 14 looks <laughs> like a sex wand so <laughs> yes it does so it's, it's just crazy just make a like, perverted comment <laughs> yes yeah, it did he did wow <laughs> make shit over and you know what put, uh, i didn't like the n64 controller bank. I did not like the N64 controller. I hated that controller. It took me, it took me a while to get adjusted to the N64 controller. I didn't N64 particularly controller. like it either. I didn't, it wasn't one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, the, the first the first time I remember going over to my uh, cousin's house and, and playing the N64, uh, it, it took me quite a few times to get used to the, uh, just, you know, the to get a joystick in the middle thing. makes no sense. I'm yes, like, what the yes. hell? It's like it's out of place. The joystick in the middle is a little weird. <laughs> yeah. do, do, do the concept, see, I like that controller because the concept is depending on what type of game you play. You can hold the controller in different fashions, so you don't have to hold it on the sides. You can hold it at the left and the middle, yeah. Whatever, if you're lefty <laughs> or righty. I mean, yeah. it worked because you know Sony stole Sony and Xbox stole the concept of the joystick from Nintendo and put it on their controllers. Yep. Yes, they it's did. It's been there ever since. I would say probably my favorite controller out of all these was number nine the original playstation control oh, no i'm sorry number seven the original playstation controller i love that controller because it was so simple like and i love ps1 yeah. like i love that system like i'd still play that system now if i had one but yeah yeah, yeah. i see i don't even know like i have <sighs> i still have my sega genesis um i have an nes somewhere in storage I have, what's the other one I have? Oh, the Turbo Graphics. No, not, not Turbo Graphics. That's not the one I have. It's, um, uh, it's the name of a car. Fuck, Jaguar. Oh, oh Sega Jaguar. Atari. Atari, yeah, that's right. That was Atari. Yeah, I have a Jaguar. Jaguar, the Lynx, and the Sega Saturn. I have a Jaguar. <laughs> Those are the only old systems I still have. Oh, no, I have a PS1 too somewhere that I modded. I had a friend mod for me The when the modding was ori originally started. Mm -hmm. So you had to open up the actual play PS1, and there was a chip you can get mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. solder in there so you can I play Japanese. That. So you can yep. so you can play Japanese games because I went, uh, I used to go to Qmart, right? And they had a video. I'm not sure if the video game store is still at Qmart. But in the middle, all, when you walk in, it was always to the left. Um, the guy used to get Japanese games because modding was kind of the thing then. And every time I went in there, I used to buy Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball uh, Z. I would get all the Dragon Ball Z games, and I'd sit there and I plug, <laughs> put it in, and the games worked. And I just had to figure out. I just winged it. I don't know Japanese, but hey, shit, I winged it. And I was able to play games. So I think like, that's start. <laughs> Select maybe. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, 
Yeah, there was that no was, Google was back there science. to be able to go, what? Please no. tell me what this symbol means. <laughs> no. There was a, nope. when, I was in, when I was in college, there was a kid who I used to buy alcohol for who put a mod chip in my PlayStations and he would burn games for me before they came out. So, so I, I benefited from buying alcohol for him. He put a mod chip in my PlayStation. So, yep, it's good stuff. Good yeah. stuff with that. I only, I only have 18, 19, and 20 are the only systems I currently own, though. So I don't have any of the old ones. So, so kind of along these lines about the video game systems, uh, I don't know if any of you guys know what Watch Mojo is. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. It's, it's a YouTube channel where they do like a lot of countdowns about like things from like, you know, music, movies, TV, video games, stuff like that. Okay. Well, this, yep. this week I saw they had a series of polls, which I found interesting, which had to do with video game consoles. They had a now, series they, of polls? Were there big yeah. ones, small ones, medium-sized ones? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need a perfect stripper pole yeah. for the yeah. strippers. Yeah. Anyway. Really small pole right there. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> they did three separate polls for the three big video game companies, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Where the question was, which of their consoles did you, do you think was the most impressive and must own at the time of its initial release? So they started it with Sony. So the choices were PS one through five. And I was also interested to see like the dates of the release. It said PS one was ninety four, PS two was two thousand, PS three was 06, PS four was twenty thirteen, and PS five was last year. So what would you what would you guys say? Like which one do you which of those five do you think was the most impressive and must own at the I, time of its release? The PS2. PS2. You said PS2. PS2. Yes. Yep. Joe? Yeah, same. Yeah, I said PS2 as well. So they got 164,000 responses for that. 59% said the PS2. Well, and here's the thing with the PS2. The PS2 took a huge, like a fucking mm-hmm. monstrous leap. In gameplay graphics. and graphics, yeah. like it's set the benchmark for graphics. I remember um, because it would have been my second and final year at Notre Dame. Somebody in my hall got a PS2 for Christmas, and of course brought it back with them. And like one day, I was just kind of you know wandering around, you know, and I saw the graphics of that game, and I think I think I literally went just like stopped dead in my tracks it was mm-hmm. like it was, it was awesome it was it was astounding it was like holy shit i can't believe they achieved this level of you know like realism and like you know like fluid mo- movements and you know so it just yeah the overall graphics were amazing so. yeah i was <laughs> at that time when i came out i was like oh man it does it's never going to get better than this this is going to be the best graphics ever it's never yeah. going to get better yeah <laughs> So, so, so just to kind of finish, like I said, 59% said the PS2, 15% said the PS4, 10% said the PS5, 9% said the PS3, and 7% said the PS1 or PS1. Now, Unfortunately, anything after PS2, we, we already knew graphics were just going to go up and up. Yeah. So yeah. there should right. be nothing that's going to, they're not going to, there's nothing that they're really going to do that's going to fucking wow us anymore, to be honest with you. Right. So, so, Moving on to Microsoft, same question. Which Xbox console do you think was the most impressive and must own at the time of its release? Was it the original Xbox in 2001, the 360 in 2005, the Xbox One in 2013, 
or what they refer to as the Xbox Series X, which came out last year. I would say the 360 for me. So I would, say, I would say the Xbox, the original Xbox was probably the biggest, biggest one just because <laughs> it was the first thing to actually legitimately compete with PS2. I think the thing with the 360 is like it upped the graphics, but at the same time, it upped it changed the, uh, the controller too. They, they changed yeah, the controller. A little bit that, but I think for as far as gameplay, that's when the 360 came out. That's when they really upped their ante with online gaming. Right. Okay. So I have no bones because I've never actually played an Xbox system that I can recall. Uh, so they got 115,000 votes for that. 74% said the 360. Wow. Nine, yeah, nine nine percent for both the Xbox One and the most recent Xbox Series X, and eight percent for the original Xbox. Wow. So, yeah. All right, now Nintendo. Your choices are mm. the now they, the way they put it is which Nintendo home 3D console do you think was the most impressive and must own at the time of release? And the choices were the N64 from 1996, the GameCube from 2001. The Wii from 2006, the Wii U from 2012, or the Switch from 2017. This Definitely. one's hard because I wanted all of them the day they came out. <laughs> I would say the Wii um, just because of what I'm it did. Going Hold to on. say the 64. Okay. What'd you, what did you say, Jeremy? I said the Wii just because of the way the gameplay was and how different it was from anything else out there. Okay. Joe said the N64. I'm going to say the 64, but. I think the 64 is what, what, what is going to win this category, but the Switch for me is the one I had to have because it's a portable gaming system. So like that was the one I had to have. I, ha I had to have all of them, but for me personally, the Switch was the one that I wanted the most. All right. So I would also say the 64 because that's when I was, for one reason is because I was still kind of into it at the point. But I also seem to remember being really wowed by what I saw by the N64 compared to what was like available at the time and everything. 45% said the N64 out of 111,000 votes. 26% said the Wii. 15% said the Switch. 12% for the GameCube. And only 2% for the Wii U. So yeah, I just thought, I, I just thought, yeah, I thought it was interesting to see. I mean, really, really, too, though, like the. The PlayStation and the Nintendo 64, like those all came out in like a five-year period. I think all three mm -hmm. of the systems that got mentioned that were, were like, they all came out in a small period of time. So yeah. I just, like I said, the N64, Ocarina of Time is my favorite game of all time. And that was on the N64. So I just, I don't know what I would do without my Switch at this point. Like that's the system, like that's my favorite video game system of all time. He's going to take that to the Jonas Brothers concert. He's going to take his Nintendo Switch. <laughs> no, I'm usually takes it phone. everywhere, though. They won't let me in with that, probably. <laughs> no, no, they will not. They, they're going to think gonna I'm going to do with that game on. system. Yeah, they're going to think I'm going to take. I'm like, I can take my phone in where I might take videos on this, but they don't even give a shit about that anymore. They don't. <laughs> you should see the amount of freaking phones that go up and start recording shit and going live. I know. They're, the, the artists finally got to a point where they're just like, you can't stop them. Like, it's impossible. Just whatever. And, and they realized it's just publicity for them anyways. It's just, you know, more people get to see them and get to recognize them. So why the hell not do it? They we, embraced it. We went to, I mean, I think what, 
me and Nicole, we went to a NXT like house show one time. And I think people got kicked out of there for recording. I, I, they came up and told them to stop recording like I went on their phones. Like that's the only time I've ever seen that happen. I think it was at an NXT house show where they were like, you're not, we told you you can't record when the show started or whatever. They like came up, there were people sitting around us and they scolded it's, them. And that, see that I can understand because those were not aired yet. They were recording those for, to air later. So if people put that up on the internet before it happened. Vince is still smarting from the uh, curtain call. So, I mean, yeah. they, they kick. I, I read spoilers. I do. If the wrestling spoilers come up, I read them. They kicked people out of NXT a couple weeks ago. They taped like three episodes and the spoilers came out from the first ones, but nothing came out for the other two because they kicked the people out. They caught the people that were doing it and kicked them out. And there were no spoilers for the two weeks after that. And I don't really want to watch NXT every week now if I don't have to, because it's going to turn into a pile of shit. It's starting. So I want to read the spoilers for that. So I'm like, do I need to watch this one or not? Because six <laughs> months from now, I don't know if I'm going to watch NXT what, anymore. What, the wedding wasn't wasn't spectacularly awesome? I mean, <laughs> to eat his own, I personally thought it was a train wreck. But there <laughs> it looked people, like it. <laughs> there are people out there. A lot of people liked it. So, I mean, my friend Jay texted me during it and said, this is terrible. And I said, apparently Dexter Loomis is Orange Cassidy. He can't talk, but he can do a thumbs up. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I mean, they successfully got married, but that should not have been the last thing that happened on the show. They had a four-way <laughs> match that was the, arguably the match of the week on all of wrestling. They had that match before the wedding. So the wedding was more important than this four-way match for the NXT title that ended up being probably the best match of the week. I think they goofed up there and putting the wedding last. <laughs> so pretty oh, man. What are you and Beth do? Phoenix, Beth Phoenix has been like creaming her pants every week about this wedding. I was so tired of hearing about her. And then of course she came up and ended up being the person to marry them. Yeah, that was, that was, that was <laughs> quite saw. interesting. Well, the the sure. only part that was funny was when they were like, does anybody op oppose this wedding? And all these people raise their hand. And then Dexter Loomis opened his jacket and he had like an ax in the pocket and everybody put their hand down. <laughs> like, I will throw this at you so if you put your hand funny. down. I don't like Dexter Loomis. He's, he's been around for a year and he doesn't talk at all. So it's still just, like after a year, they don't have talk. him talking. Like Orange Cassidy no. has talked here and there. Like Orange Cassidy's had moments when he's spoken. So Dexter Loomis, the only thing he's ever said is I do. That's it. Like, that's the only time he's ever talked is to say that. And I'm just like, you have to have character development at this point. You can't this just. Is, that is his development. Talk. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye, aye, aye. all right. Anybody else have any last words before we uh, sign off for the day? Yes, I have some. some We're bad signing news. off for the day. I have some bad news. Uh, the. Uh, the annual primetime Emmy Awards are going on right now. And unfortunately, Giancarlo Esposito did not win Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series for his role as Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian. Oh, that is sad. That is sad. The show, the, show, the Mandalorian, is nominated for Best Drama Series, as it was last year. But I think it'll be a cold day in hell before they give an Emmy <laughs> Award to a Star Wars series. Now, if it happened, yeah. I think it would be awesome, but it's like the fact that it's even getting nominated, I think, is uh, an accomplishment in and of 
uh, in and of itself. But um, I also noticed that, uh, was it, uh, what's her name? Catherine Hahn was nominated for WandaVision. Uh, yes. She, she, she did not win either. Uh, but the, uh, again, it's just interesting that they're even nominating, you know, those mm-hmm. kinds of shows for, uh, for these award shows anymore. The, uh, the publicity stunt that WWE pulled on Monday night on Raw where they had Big E win the belt, I think it's funny that they did it because they were trying to beat AEW in the male demographic and they still didn't beat them even though they gave us a publicity stunt Monday night. So, and they're trying to yeah. do it again. They're trying to do it again this week because they're going to give us a match that should be happening at Survivor Series. We're I was going to Raw. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you Wait, and I what? were on the phone. You were I. You and I were on the phone Friday night, and you were saying. I think we're going to see that at Survivor Series. No, we're going to see it on Raw on Monday. <laughs> and it's it's because AEW is doing Omega versus Danielson Wednesday. So, like, this is the this is like we're seeing this now where they're like, all right, we got to do this because they're doing this. Like, we're starting to see it. I don't know if that's good, though. I don't no, know if it's, it's necessarily not. good. Because but the tag match for tomorrow night? The six-man tag. Yeah, so I'm talking about. It, I'm stoked for it because I'm, I'm going to Raw. Oh, okay. I can see well, Roman Reigns on. For I don't you, give a though. fuck. <laughs> it's you, not going to be a shit show now. That's what's. You're, you're that's, that's my concern. <laughs> for you personally, I am excited that you get to see that, Joe. But I think that they're going to, you know, remember when WCW gave Hulk Hogan versus Goldberg away for free? The the wheels started coming off at that point. So like they got to be careful when you start giving us matches that should be on pay per views for free just because you're trying to compete with a company that's on a different night than you. And you can't even yeah. beat them in an 18 to 49 demo when you have Big E win the belt. Like, that's bad to me that you can't beat them in that demo when you have that. You pull that shit on a Monday night and you can't beat them still. Like, yeah. that's just yeah. and, and, in a bad place right now. I'm, for you, Joe, I'm glad you get to see that, though. <laughs> All well, right. so my, 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 only thing, my, only, my only thing to that, too, is. You keep seeing all these quotes and like in the uh, in the, in the on the websites and everything where it's like they insist that they're they're not hot shotting anything or <laughs> they're they're not doing this or that in reaction to AEW. They are, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you cannot even try to make that sound plausible now with what AEW has done over the last month. You can't tell us. You can't tell us that it's because you care about what the fans think and you want to give them something better. Because that would have started months and months ago. Yes, if that you would really care. Years ago, months ago, that would have started years ago. <laughs> and, so, and was it, wasn't it? When was that? How long ago was that? Now, where where like Vince and Stephanie, Stephanie? and I think either yeah. Shane or Linda were like, or, or no, it was I think it was Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H were like in the ring. And they're going, we're going to give the fans what they want. We, we, we hear you. We're going to give you what you want. And, and the only thing that we've really seen since then, uh, again, again, like, I don't remember exactly what that was, but what, what have they really given the fans what they want since then, other than maybe Becky Lynch? You know, you know where, where they decide. Yeah, I guess, I, guess, I, I guess you could say the Kofi thing, but again, then remember how that ended. So. It, it, they they ended it as a spectacular fashion. That's how it ended in the greatest way possible. Right, right, of right, course, right. But, of course, Jeff what, Hardy's on the show tomorrow night. But 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 what I mean by that, of course, is that they ended. I know. It, I know. They ended it in a way where it was basically as if to say, like, it was all a dream. <laughs> it never happened. 
We'll so. get to see Alexa tomorrow night. That stokes me. There you go. Jeremy, if you want to be, we can be done and I can just bullshit with these guys if you got to go do something. All right. So I did, so I did want to say that before we sign off and call, and call it a night for our, for all our fans is um, we are going to be doing just like we've, like we've been doing. Um, we will be live again for the next wrestling pay-per-view, which is going, well, I should say the next big wrestling pay-per-view, which is Survivor Series. And that's going to be happening one in November, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. yeah. So that's the next time. So if you want to tune in, if you're like, oh man, you know, I, I love listening to you guys talk about wrestling and do the wrestling shows. Tune in for that one in November. We'll give you the exact date when it comes up, uh, unless AJ already has it, because he usually does. Um, you know, and that one will be completely wrestling bullshit and making fun of matches and t- and always asking the question, why? Why are they doing that? Because we're not sure. I um, mean, there's there's <laughs> there's some pretty heavy rumors that Dwayne is going to be there. Survivor November say, 21st. Yeah, November, November 21st. All right. From the Barclays Center. Ooh, the Barclays Center. Awesome. So if you want to tune in on that time, that would be a great time. to. If you want to get your fill of wrestling uh, for, for you know, four hours, then uh, that's the time to do it. Um, but as always, we just really, really want to say thank you to anybody who's, you know, tuning in and watching this, watching this live on Facebook, watches it later on YouTube, or is listening at some point in time on any of the podcast audio versions, uh, which is, of course, you got Stitcher, you got... Apple Podcasts, you've got Spotify, you've got Amazon Music, you've got Pandora, you know, we're on all of those. Oh, we're on iHeartRadio too, some some way. I don't even know. I put us on there at some point in time too. Stitcher? Yep, Stitcher. still on Stitcher? Yeah, we're still on Stitcher. We're on all those things. So however you're going, seeing us or listening to us, we appreciate you listening. Um, You know, I, I put up on our Facebook page that we're over a thousand downloads now so that's pretty impressive to us because you know when we first started out i was like um i don't know if we're going to get to 100 downloads ever um (laughs) (laughs) but now we're up over a thousand and our biggest one uh to date which is still getting tons of downloads is uh bass thumping rap music (laughs) the music one that's the music one (laughs) (laughs) yes pat was not on that one i don't think that's why It's not because of you, Pat. It's people, not because of people you. People love Pat. I think they don't. I, I don't know who. I don't know. I, I, we'd have to put a poll out there one time. Who do, Who don't you like? Um, but so but, <laughs> I'll do it too. <laughs> uh, but thank you to everybody for always tuning in and watching. We just greatly appreciate it because we have fun doing this and we always want to just entertain people. So with that, we say good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.